Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Marvel Guys Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and on my left is my good friend, Spencer. Oh, man. Major, major, major hype today. This was a very fun one. As you can see from the title, this is all about Loki Episode 1. We just finished the episode not even five minutes ago, and we are on the ball. We're ready to go. Um, there's no notes, no, no review for this one. Fresh off the dome. Uh, first impressions, go. This was awesome. And we got way more than I ever anticipated us having in one episode, in the first episode. Uh, I am super, super excited to see where the series goes. Um, man, I, I want to see episode two right now <laughs> i know <laughs> i can't i can't wait man i know you're it's, killing me it's crazy um, what an episode though what a, yeah. what a way to start it's crazy i want to start by saying thank you to everyone who's listening uh please do leave a, a review and a uh, subscription for us on apple Podcasts, and give us a like on our facebook or instagram page at the marvel guys podcast we're gonna get straight into this thing um my first impression is this is going to be the best TV series we've seen easily. And I've loved WandaVision and I've loved Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but it's on. It's game time. Like they came out firing hard, ready to go. As you said, like shocking amount of info and insight in the first episode. We went through Loki's like entire uh, life post Avengers 2012. We got introductions into what is uh, the time variance. We've got, oh, hey, how, how's this for one? Screw all your multiversal theories. Yeah. We don't live in a multiverse. No. We have one we have timeline. One time so, I mean, we we were just slapped in the face with info, and uh, I can't wait to break this stuff down, man. Man, this was crazy. So, like, we got an explanation of the Nexus. Yeah, um, just the word Nexus really coming cool. up was a little bit shocking to me. Yeah, uh, no multiverse, which is insane to me. That's but crazy. I've got an idea, uh, and yeah, like what is going on? Like this uh, TVA, most powerful thing we've ever seen in ever in uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, easily, easily. I mean, there's a drawer full of Infinity Stones. Like you yeah. said, they use them as paperweights. Paper like they don't even. They ain't got time for your Infinity Stones. Paper stones. weights. We saw Tom Hiddleston, wow. you know, acting his butt off in a scene where he goes through an entire range of emotions all the way back to, like, uh, laughter because he kind of realizes how much of a loser he is. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. This is this is crazy. Uh, this one was so fun. And like we said, this is completely different than WandaVision, completely different than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is its own story. And it told us right off the bat, hey, we're gonna have some fun with this. Mm -hmm. I um, I'm very excited to see where it goes. Obviously, because there's some things about Loki's character that I think we now know, but at the same time, how much, how much is true when an element of shock is revealed? And what I mean by that is. Okay, we Loki had that emotional scene where he actually is honest with Mobius towards the end of the episode. And he's like, 
explaining his actions and why he does what he does and all this stuff. And it's very genuine. However, will that go out the window when he starts jumping around through time trying to help him (laughs) and he sees something and he's like, oh, it's easy. It's too easy. It's too easy. I don't. I don't he's think always he's always yeah. gonna say the thing that he thinks will get him out of the situation he's currently in. Right. I did think it was interesting when he started laughing after he died. I thought maybe there's a piece of him that was like, "Look at me. Even in a world where I died, I'm still alive." Like he's he's like I got out before mm-hmm. I even had to die. He, he was he was in a weird state of mind. But yeah, I I think I think he's basically going to do whatever it takes to have a future still or to gain power of the atv or whatever it is he's trying to do like he probably is going oh look i was just trying to rule midgard mm-hmm. i can control all of time if i yeah. take over this place that i'm currently at and look how easy it was to just you know beat up a couple of the you know mm-hmm. henchmen or whatever you want to call them um and then gain access to one of those time jumpers or whatever the mm-hmm. remote control was yeah he's probably always uh, in a position where he's like well, how can i become the most powerful person in the room and the, the the bad part about it is that Mobius kind of trusts him already. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that we will eventually, this will actually set up our multiverse. Right. I don't think that they've brought that up for just any reason. Like, they brought up the fact that there isn't a multiverse and that the timekeepers made one flow of time. And I think that this low-key will hmm, he'll either take over the TVA or something awful is going to happen within the TVA because of him and his actions. Right. And maybe it's the other Loki that destroys the TVA, thus leading us into a multiverse. Yeah. And what happens when Loki confronts Loki? Yeah. The, the big thing to me, too, to understand is just because they've explained that there isn't a multiverse right now doesn't mean that there isn't. Because what's the title of Doctor Strange 2? Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm 100% agreeing that, like, this is how we set up the multiverse is this show. So if that by itself indicates that something, we're going to see a lot of crazy stuff over the next six yeah. weeks like a lot of crazy stuff what's what's really hard for my brain to get around right now is um the tva seems to just kind of know all at Mm -hmm. the same time like as far as the present time in tva i'm not sure that exists because they're always operating outside of traditional time yeah so for them to say and maybe part of this i'm kind of jumping around here because my brain's really just reacting to it in real time uh, that video seems like a video that was made like eternity ago of like, hey, this is this is how time works and this is how it'll always work. There was a war a long time ago, but we've been able to keep the multiverse away for this long. But it feels like they just recorded that once. And so there's just on play for eternity, mm-hmm. because if that's true at the time, whether it's 2012 equivalent in real time or. 5,000, you know, 300 equivalent. Like if they're saying the multiverse doesn't exist, that's pretty interesting because their, their idea of time is different than ours. Mm -hmm. So I do agree. I think the multiverse seems like it's going to kind of stem from here because they, they simultaneously told you, um, 
there is no multiverse, but they also confirmed the multiverse at the same time because yeah. they said it does exist. It's just always being avoided from, because yeah. we are the ones stopping it from happening. Which thus confirms the theory that I had that actually should cement that now in your brain about Endgame as Tilda Swinton is breaking down everything as far as the Infinity Gems are concerned to Hulk. It's not the stones that matter in the flow of time in that scene. It's going back and changing and altering things that ultimately matters because then you become a variant. And yeah. that can't happen. It's whatever so, they do Yeah. when they leave the scene and we haven't seen it yet because they keep cutting off every time it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're, what, what was the term they were using? Was it reset? Like Reset, yeah. It was something about when, when, that, when they take care of what is going wrong, they mm-hmm. like reset the timeline. That's what and, it was. And you're right. We never see that because Loki tries to see it yeah. in the beginning. And, they, and they, they're not going to let us see it yeah. until maybe they want us to see it. Right. So, yeah, you're correct, but also you couldn't even have been fully correct because we didn't quite understand how this whole thing works. Mm-hmm. So as much as you could have been right about that, I, I would agree because the stones don't seem to be no. um, the keeper of time. It just seems to be... The flow of time, the, the, the timekeepers are basically kind of... They're, they're kind of like a uh, equivalent of the Watchers, but not. Because the watchers don't interfere, they interfere. Because if something goes awry, they understand the flow of time. They're keeping everything together. If you screw that up, they'll find you, and everything will be fixed by them. How it's supposed to be. So as far as the Loki video too, I think that he has deviated and screwed up the timeline so much right. that they understand his life better than he does. Which we saw that as well, yeah, because he Mobius must be a multiple offender, like beyond the two times we've seen. Oh, for sure. So, like, I, I'm very curious as we go forward, because we see one one variant really that's that's causing all the chaos behind the scenes. Yeah. Because you have everything that's going on with 2012 Loki and Mobius and all this stuff, but you have another Loki behind yeah. the scenes that's really like doing some crazy stuff. Because there's a time jump to like 1538. Yeah, and then 1858, stuff like that, in in the U.S. and in France. Yeah, um, which would be what like the Renaissance oh, era, lost me. and like <laughs> I think it's like the Renaissance era. The only Renaissance I know about is Renaissance Fair. So <laughs> pre Civil War U.S. Um, so it's interesting, and this variant only seems interested in killing. Time, time variance, agents, agents, or or, or what? What are time they? What are they called? Whatever they're, they're uh, called, timekeeper, agent, yeah. peoples. Yeah, I'm convinced it's the female Loki. Uh, are you on that track? I think so. It's the hood. The hood it's for me. It's the hood because yeah, oftentimes a female character is revealed with a hood. Yep. It just seems like a something that they do because I guess it's supposed to add shock value or something. Unless you're Legolas. Yeah. The, yeah. It just it looked like it to me. Yeah. So, uh, and it kind of looks like a female figure to me too, because it seems as though this figure is a little smaller than Loki. I don't know if you caught that or not, but it, it just like, it's hard body, to tell. The body seems a little smaller than Loki. So speaking of Loki's jacked, Loki's ripped. Tom Hiddleston, apparently they were like, Hey, you have seven seconds on camera where you're going to be like semi naked. And he's like, Oh, got it. 
put in three months of not eating ice cream for this role. Yeah. All for this one stupid scene. Yeah. But yeah, he looked huge. Yeah, yeah, he looked pretty massive, man. Um, that's crazy, man. Like for one scene, that's. Yeah, I mean, there may be more, but I don't you've gotta see be, why. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to put in three months of, you know. It lives forever right. on screen, so you don't want to look Yeah, you don't want to look bad. Right, right. You don't want to look bad. It makes me always wonder what, like, Thor, like, man, because he's got to get, like, ripped. Yeah, I mean, for his. Like, insanely For ripped. their, like, two months of shooting, I'm sure he's yoked, and then, like, two months later, he's gained 30 pounds of he's, just, he's, like, he's everyday weight. To, uh, yeah. in-game Thor <laughs> for the rest of his life. <laughs> he probably just loses weight, honestly. Yeah. Because I don't think he gains too much. He just. No. Probably He's so bulked up. Yeah. And you can't carry that weight forever. I mean, you can, but it's no. a miserable life. No shot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, immediately we got hit with a lot of different crazy things. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll kind of start going back through the episode now and see if things pop up in our heads. But uh, we have a lot to cover, and we've just kind of started getting into it. And I can tell that this series is going to really set the direction for the next decade of Marvel. Yeah, Which we pretty much guessed, and I think anybody could have guessed that based on the time being so important. And uh, Miss Minutes is like integral character all of a sudden. All of a sudden, yeah. It's so specific. And, there, you know, we saw a scroll. we, We saw the scroll in both of the trailers, so that wasn't a surprise. But the one thing that surprised me was that when we saw the scroll, he just like disappeared all of a sudden. I was like, huh. Yeah. What if he like turned into somebody and that's like really important and then my brain is like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there was the other like prisoner that was all excited and yelling and then he got deleted, which makes me wonder if you die in the TVA, is it like like dying within or deleting a file from your deleted files? Is that like you're done? Well, that's my guess. I would assume so. Because I feel like if you get taken to the TVA, you still have like a chance to come back. Yeah. But if you like die in the TVA, you're I feel done. like you're just completely erased. You're completely and maybe done. your history is erased. I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't think your history would it was be erased, interesting, but I think you would be dead. Up till that time period. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, the episode started off uh, immediately with Avengers 2012, kind of just a rehash of the end game scene from that day. Mm-hmm. And it led straight to Loki, you know, taking the Tesseract. He gets th- spit out of a little portal thing into uh, Mongolia, the Gobi Desert. Yep. Uh, Gobi? Goji. Go- Gobi. Gobi. Gobi Desert, Desert. yeah. I don't know. I, I think. What was Maybe the, I'm what wrong. Was the gum? Huh? What was the gum? Babui? Bab- huh? The, the blue the, gum. The gum. The blue gum. Oh, like oh. Babui. Yeah, yeah. yeah something like It's that. in my brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he is. He kind of lands. It was like a little throwback Iron Man yeah. feel, you know, because even the landscape looked yeah just like it. And so he lands, and he's he's a god. He can take it. Uh, these three women uh, approach him and are like, "Who are you?" Yeah, <laughs> you <know? laughs> stands and on he, a rock, goes into a yeah. spiel. He's speaking, speaking English. in English, and they're like, <laughs> "They're like, who what? are you?" And he's telling them exactly <laughs> who he is. And uh, uh, immediately the TVA shows up, and they take him into custody. And he, uh, you know, runs back, tries to grab the Tesseract, but they're able to take him into the TVA. And within this first period, it's really like 
they take him in kind of like a basic jail like booking process Mm -hmm. but it's like Willy Wonka version (laughs) like yeah it's like here's a room you're gonna do these weird things oh trap door falls in the next room we need this from you hey are you gonna die I I really thought it was funny because they were like are you a robot and I was like that's the literal uh tv version of like trying to sign in to an email and they're like <laughs> yes are you dude. a robot click yes or no yeah and then you don't get the the number of crosswalk things Find correctly and you're like am i a robot <laughs> you're <laughs> like wait a minute you have that one picture what if i didn't like know all this time yeah of a pixel that has a crosswalk yes in it, or like, fire wait. hydrants or oh my gosh a, a bridge or a whatever <laughs> yeah. but um he was like Am I am I a robot? How would I know? Have you ever had one that does it two times and you oh, really start questioning? Like yeah. you do it and you're like, okay, I got this. Verify. Sometimes I just miss it over and over. And it's like find the fire hydrant. Sometimes I miss like, it on purpose to see if it catches it. And I'm like, are you a robot? <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. um, I should be smarter than you, right? Twist. Um, what a yeah, twist. Right. So yeah, that was the basically the first scene is him getting introduced into the TVA. And just going through the simple booking process where he's going like, this is a waste of time. He's not taking it seriously. He doesn't actually respect their authority. And (laughs) he's pretty much just trying to get by with his God of mischief skills. And he's like already trying to plot his, his exit. Like he's, he's not down for this. No, not at all. And that's typical Loki. Like, yes, you underestimate my power, you know, like that kind of, that kind of thing. I, I thought it was really comical how he like tries to use his powers and like spawn the little knives and, and all that. And it just doesn't work. Like he, it took him a long time in this episode to actually like respect what's going on. And I honestly, I think that that's a normal reaction because I don't think that you would really think this was real anyways. Yeah. Like you just fell through three elevator things and you're still like, is this real? <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, a magician of sorts. Like he's not a, he's, yeah, he's like a sorcerer. Yeah. yeah. He's got powers that he can make things look real that aren't. Mm-hmm. So he is always probably on guard <laughs> yeah. for any kind of foolishness. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it was like Wonka style, room to room. Like Wonka or Harry Potter. Yeah, it's just everything. Nothing quite made sense, and it all looked weird. And they were using these remotes that would uh, basically stop him in his own tracks or move him to where they wanted him to be. It looked like it was operating on a thought basis because it looked like there's only like one button, mm-hmm. and you pretty much it just did whatever you told it to do. So um, that was our introduction to these instruments that seemed to be. A incredibly powerful and slowly but surely he is presented uh, in in front of this judge who is uh sitting right in front of the original three timekeeper faces and uh she is basically telling him this is what we need from me and he's still he's joking around he's like i am the god of this i'm guilty of that but not this and she is not playing with him and so eventually she sentences him to be reset, which I would take as once he's reset, they'll send him back to like either redo things in his past or they'll ultimately just scrap him from where his timeline was at. So I don't know exactly what they're meaning mm. by that, but I take it as some kind of redo or just you've gotten your turn, you're done in this timeline now. I would say a reset would be yeah you you go back to your original timeline the way it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and you just find a f- 
figure it out. Play it there. out from there. Play it out from there. Yeah. Sure. Because it's not even the the biggest thing that you learn in this episode is that no one's truly in control. I, this is one thing, and I'm going to get a little bit off topic here, but it's going to make sense. One thing that I've always hated about sports is when you have the analysts that are talking and they say, control your own destiny. That's not a thing. You don't control destiny. Destiny is predetermined if you believe in destiny. So there's no such thing as controlling a destiny. And that's what you learn so quickly in this show is that no one actually like really has control of their life, to be honest, because their life is kind of predetermined and their life is kind of already played out. And as long as nothing deviates from what happens, that's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Like even the Avengers going back in time yeah, was predetermined. They said that was supposed so, to happen. Yeah. So it's it's wild that yeah, it's like even someone as powerful as Loki or as powerful as Thor or whoever, like they really don't have control over their life. Yeah. And like, Mobius was saying he said something like um that destiny or fate or whatever is also kind of controlled within the TVA too but I wonder if the TVA kind of operates on an out of bounds version of whatever the timeline is like is timeline determined within the TVA is it not at all are are they basically like um, real estate agents to the, <laughs> the company that is the TVA where they get a certain amount of freedom to choose what happens or so we're going to learn a lot about that stuff in the coming episodes because mm-hmm. um, they're not giving it all away immediately. They're just kind of the, – the actual timekeepers, if they get involved in this whole thing, it's going to just I, I think blow so. our minds. You know? I, I definitely see it happening, man. Uh, I, I don't really know as of yet what the actual direction of this thing could be. They gave us so much in the first episode yeah. that it was shocking. But I, I have a I have a sense of what could happen with the Loki character itself. But that's about it. I, they've got to be to me. I think it's got to be setting up some kind of big bad that disrupts the timekeepers in some way. So right. I think the timekeepers we will see. And I don't think it's going to be that bad Loki either. I think no. that's going to be a separate. That's going to be a separate thing. Yeah. yeah. Like. Um, well, I mean, I, what all I see happening really is is Loki trying his best. It's going to be kind of similar to like Sam and uh, Carly, mm-hmm. I think, with the bad Loki and and this Loki, which is funny because we're calling the other Loki the bad Loki when it's you know, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I, I think that you'll have some scenes where he's trying to uh, show the relatable side of himself to this other Loki because they're one and the same stuff like that but then something else is going to happen on the outside with the timekeepers yeah it's all really confusing because like if they know the entire history of time in the future and the past then they would know when the time is going to be messed with in the future or a potential war would be in the future which would create a minority report situation Mm -hmm. but I don't think they truly know everything in the future. They just know how they expect it to go if nobody messes it up. Yeah. So that creates really interesting scenarios because if this is the same Loki, that Loki kind of seems to be from the future. They said that that Loki came from the future possibly to grab oil or something to make money. So like 
if it's third millennial Loki and Loki died in 2025, four, four, yeah, I don't something know, like that. somewhere around there. Then we're talking about, even though they said the multiverse is not presently, you know, around, that could just be the same variant that's screwing with things all this time. So it could just be a completely different Loki than the one we're currently seeing, mm -hmm. which would lead to a possible female or um, just a completely different person mm -hmm. uh, altogether. So uh, there's no answers that we have for that yet, no. but a lot of interesting speculation can happen there. Oh, for sure. The biggest thing that I think is how does this all happen? Because it seems like even the people in the TVA have such immense power. Because yes. even if stuff goes wrong, they can just reset. They're gods in every yeah. sense of the word. They really are. And which is insane. Like, think about that, man. Like in that last scene with the Loki that's killing all the other uh, agents. Right. The one agent reaches out not to like leave to hit the little uh, sand thing, whatever that yeah. is. The reset that resets, thing. Yeah. yeah, that resets that timeline. Because as long as he hits that, everything's fine. Obviously, he doesn't get there, but like, how crazy is like they have yeah. immense power? Like, even if, uh, even if the timekeepers were like devoured by something or like destroyed by something, all it would take is like one reset, apparently, and everything's <laughs> fine, everything's back the way it was. That's insane, yeah. and it seems as though they're almost humanoid, but the the power that the things they control the abilities they have are truly like celestial godlike um but i get the sense that they just die as if they're a normal human because like burning to death seems like a very human thing it definitely does and that's interesting but yeah they are all they are all are all created by the timekeepers so it would make sense they're basically like uh they're not gods. It's They're like Draken building his own army that yeah. like are able to do certain things, but they're vulnerable to certain things as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it seems like once they leave the TVA, their shield is kind of down. Yeah. Like when they leave the TVA and they're outside of the place where magic can take place and well, people have the their thing. powers, right. they're vulnerable. And that's why they always go like with three or four people or whatever. Right. Because so, she just handled Loki and he handled Loki completely by himself, the TVA with a single remote. You yeah. Know? So the big thing then is what are the powers of the timekeepers, if that's concerned? Are they yeah. the same equivalent? Because if these people are made from the timekeepers themselves. I would, I would think the timekeepers themselves wouldn't want to give away too much power to right. people that they're trying to control. Right. But with that much, they have a lot of power that they have. Like, you can't just give those jobs to people without that much power. Right. So I think they, they would have to be given, like, yeah. an image of themselves. It's like employing somebody that's really smart but not smarter than you yeah. because you don't <laughs> want them to take over your company. Right. So, uh, or killing off the most, your, your best fighter in your army because you're afraid he might kill you one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it does beg the question then, though, like, are they in an area or are they in a, in a place that they have like a realm that has been created where magic doesn't exist just like it does in the TVA because magic doesn't exist there. Nothing is, there's no sort of powerful thing you can use within the TVA. So I would imagine that the timekeepers like hold themselves in that same respect because they do respect the powers 
outside of that realm. Which is crazy because like this is all crazy. If something happens, the timekeepers are I'm getting more thrown confused off. every time we yeah. say something. And then boom, multiverse happens. Because then the timekeepers are done. What this also brings into question, which we've talked about probably more than anybody else on the internet, what is magic? You know, because they say right. there's no magic in the TVA or in this. I guess the TVA encompasses that entire place, but that place doesn't really exist because it doesn't exist within time. Mm-hmm. It's so confusing. But um, to us, like we've always talked about, to a caveman, a uh, cell phone is magic, right? Like that's that's magic to them. It's something that's unbelievable. And in the TVA, they literally have remotes that control the way time moves that's a, in a way magic you know to us to to humans that would be magic but to them that just seems like they're physically controlling the movement of reality through whatever reality they live in because apparently mm-hmm. like it seems like they have the normal laws of physics and everything there when it comes to just walking around but then they can edit time <laughs> so it's so confusing as to what is their true powers there I would assume, and this is just me giving them a buff, <laughs> is uh, I would assume it just takes the the powers that you have, whatever they may be, away from you. Because, like, th- take this into consideration. What if it was Tony Stark that broke all these rules? Is his nanotech, is that considered magic? Because if it's not, then Iron Man could easily just single-handedly destroy the TVA take it over run it for himself because that's not technically magic so he could just active activate his suit whenever he feels necessary like it's necessary well he'd be stripped naked immediately so he'd be out of luck (laughs) (laughs) so i would assume it just takes away whatever powers it is you have so i would uh, as them saying you know you have no magic magic is what loki uses to do whatever it is so i would assume yeah because I don't think everybody has magical powers. Thor doesn't have extremely. I mean, it, it is kind of like a magic. Has power. magic, yeah. It's it's Norse it's like magic. a lightning, Norse magic. Yeah, it's and different than Loki's, and it, it it's physically relevant. Mm-hmm. Like it's using friction and lightning, things that already exist, right. to to happen. Um, whereas Captain America truly is magic with his shield, because mm-hmm. that's a metal that's that doing things that shouldn't happen. All right. So magic is such a weird word in the MCU. And he's just, he's not really magical. He's just buff. He's the best tech. version of what a human could possibly be is really what it is. So yeah. it still kind of stays in the realm of reality. So what's funny to me now is if he, he gets sent to the TVA, does he just revert back to old Steve before the injection? <laughs> no. <laughs> he's just got I think a giant head. They would just put cuffs on him to make sure that he doesn't do anything stupid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the remo- I guess I'm just trying to figure out how powerful are these guys really? Yeah, you know, are are they powerful at all, or is it just their gadgets? Like, what's what's the extent of them? So I think we'll find out more about that. And Mobius, uh, Agent Mobius, as he called himself, uh, should reveal more to Loki as he tries to get more out of Loki. I'm guessing so he'll try to be vulnerable on his side to draw something out of Loki. Um, but 
As we got uh, a little bit along, uh, the judge decided to reset Loki and Mobius stood up and said, hey, I actually know a lot about Loki and she knew exactly what he was trying to do. Right away, it wasn't obvious what he was doing for Loki. Like we kind of get the idea of what's happening because of the trailers, but he just brings Loki back to his office and that's where he shows him the rest of the uh, TVA, which immediately I, I thought of like Star Wars style um, construction. Mm. And Loki himself, which we speculate, speculated in the past, um, you thought maybe he had like known about the TVA in the past because of his um, magic sense and godlike you know, stature. And funny is you're right and wrong because he's had run-ins with them in the Different past, timelines. the literal past. Yeah. Um, but he also has no clue who the TVA is in this present timeline. So uh, he is talking to Mobius and Mobius is trying to extract some information from him about who he is why he does what he does with the caveat that Mobius already probably knows the answer to these. I took it more as like an interrogation to get himself to realize who he is. Mm. Yeah. The interrogation scene was, well, it was pretty interesting because once again, it just Loki's been bombarded with all of these things. It's like, um, it's basically just denial. Like, it doesn't matter how many times you present facts for people and just hit them over the head with fact, with fact, with fact. And they're just like, nope, don't believe it. Nope, don't believe it. Don't yeah. believe it. And that's exactly what Loki is right now in this scene is like not like he still understands like, you know, what the heck? Like, there's no magic here. Then what is this? But at the same time is not like still willing to be open about like, okay, this is me. This is what I do. Like he just, I don't, I don't know if it's trust because they did talk about trust as he walked into the room um, or, or, or what it is, but he just doesn't have it in him to just like let his guard down at all because he still thinks it's, I guess some kind of like fever dream or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of learning about the TVA as we are. <laughs> yeah, um, which is cool. Yeah, it is cool, and it gives you a little bit of uh, relation to Loki throughout this episode. Mm -hmm. And through the interrogation scene, we did get to kind of replay some of Loki's past, and we it's revealed like for us that Loki basically. He accidentally killed his mother, mm -hmm. um, which happened in Thor: The Dark World, by, by you know, saying where she was, and but they also shared a conversation, and that was cool because I think that's showing us a little bit more about Loki than we already knew, um, and I'm hoping that's something we'll see throughout this series. Is that one thing we were talking about in the preview show was what are we going to learn about him that we don't already know, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is kind of a different Loki. And I'm hoping we get to see that emotional journey that we got in like five minutes in this episode uh, throughout the entire season. You know, so I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping we see a complete shift in, in mindset and feelings from Loki while still staying true to, you know, mischievous and manipulative. Like he, he can be all that while still going through his own uh, uh, journey. Yeah. 
I'm curious as well because we did get a lot more emotion and and yeah like basically five minutes yeah it was was not very much it was it was just a really cool emotional scene with him uh and that's why i do think that we're gonna get more of this as we go along with him trying to uh prevent this other loki from really screwing things up even further and, and stuff like that because i think it has to um and i think too maybe that little smirk and laughter that he has when he sees his whole life maybe it's more because he recognizes who he is like he truly recognizes who he is because you know he's even told by mobius that like you're basically nothing and you are just an instrument into other people's like character he's meant to be a loser over and over and over yeah yeah which he's, we've talked about like yeah. he, everything he's done he's pretty much failed everything uh which was even said by thanos to him so uh <laughs> yeah, thanos kind of clowned him thanos really did clown him but um yeah i i think that he kind of recognizes that his path led him to being recognized as a son by Odin, becoming close with Thor, dying, but his death led to Thor killing Thanos, led to the Avengers going back in time and fixing things and then wiping Thanos away. So I I don't know, maybe maybe and, and, and we don't really understand it yet. We I don't think there's many ways of looking at why he's laughing because I think if anyone else, like when you look at Thanos, right? When he sees himself die in Endgame, he is feels strong because he's like, I achieved what I set out to do. Yeah. Most people that would see themselves die would be like, Oh, I need to not do that. Or I need to deviate from what I'm trying to do because this is where I'm going to be. He was so mission driven. Yeah. And in both cases here, you see that kind of uh, not arrogance, but like an exuberated like uh, feeling of like entitlement of life, really. Like Loki's like seeing himself die, and he's like, <laughs> like almost like, huh, that was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, and we don't really understand it yet, and I think we will over time. Like, yeah. What his. Uh, drive will be going forward after seeing this because I think that's what's most important because just like an in game when Thanos sees himself win it almost gives him like a shot in the arm of confidence when he goes into the final battle of fighting the Avengers and so what will Loki's shot in the arm do right. for him yeah will it lead to him saying oh like this is what I'm I- I'm capable of more than just that because I know Thanos in 2012 and if Thanos does this, you know, whatever, like I, I, I really think that this could be, I think that that scene's probably the most important. It's one of the most important scenes is him laughing. At it has to be there. really layered too, because yeah. um, the laughing didn't occur until well after. Mm-hmm. 
and when he was seeing himself being choked by Thanos, he was furious. His mm-hmm. face was like so upset. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was because, oh, I I died or, I oh, it's played. Thanos. Um, I know that guy. Uh, whatever it was, that emotion, he, it was a true roller coaster through that scene. And um, let's address the anger, because I think that that's something that needs to be said about Loki, too, is that. Loki, I feel like, knew Thanos' plan in 2012. He could have, and that may be part of it. Yeah. He may be seeing Thanos as, man, I I got killed by the guy that offered me power, like how stupid of me. Or he may be um, expressing anger towards Thanos for betraying his you know, plan originally, but I don't know what, what it is. I, I think... I think maybe he's angry because he sees Thanos killing him, and he's like, Oh, he succeeded because he killed me. I see the stones already in the gauntlet, you know, like he's on his path and his path started and I'm dead, which means that I'm no longer of any use, which means that Thanos already has that much power to continue his plan. That's why I'm here kind of situation. And like, I I do think that there's something there's something so unique about Thanos that as soon as he popped onto the screen, you saw Loki's emotion change. Yeah, he looked at him like an an old friend or an old enemy. That he was, was just kind like of the face he gave. Yeah, instantly like this got serious when Thanos came onto the screen. So that's that's telling to me. Uh, and he knew the Avengers came back in time mm-hmm. because he said it in the courtroom, which yeah. makes me wonder: Did he know that they? were on their way to defeating Thanos regardless. Um, like, how much does he really know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't know, really. We probably will never know in that specific scene. Loki's really smart, though. because, And yeah. I think that he would have probably put that together after the talk with Mobius and after seeing all of this stuff, that, like, his death sparked the rage in Thor. So he would assume that Thanos won the first b- battle because the, why would the Avengers go back in time if they won? And she said they were meant to go back in time, which almost is a yeah. way of saying, well, to save the universe, the Avengers had to go back in time, that kind of a thing. Right. So I think Loki kind of pieced everything together there. So I think he kind of knows this, but I still don't think it just it sits well with him that he's just this yeah. piece of like, you're just meant there for character development. For oh, Thor no, I can't be happy with that. Things. Right. Uh, and I mean... In a way, he really duped Thanos the first time. So, uh, what I, I find that interesting too, because 2012 Thanos had no idea where any of the stones was. Like maybe he knew the Tesseract, but like he didn't know really where any of the other stones were. He could have just paid a visit to the TVA. He saved him a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, a whole drawer full of them. That dr- that junk drawer that everybody's got at home. That's crazy. There was like six. There's a bunch of the same stones. Reality stone, which is interesting, com- or was very common. There was, was like the red. There's definitely multiple reds. There's multiple oranges. I mm-hmm. think multiple purples. Yeah. And they just treated them like nothing. It's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. So that no magic obviously also means no infinity stones. You can't use them there. Yeah, he wasn't able to do anything with them. Which, which makes sense though, if they're outside. Yeah, it's not time. in. Yeah. 
So yeah, that, uh, yeah. That's totally what gives sense. them their power right. is reality. You yeah, know, and the area having their own reality, time. their own space to right do what they want. And previous to like seeing his future, um, Loki once again was able to escape uh, and get away, and then almost kind of ruin everything for the TVA. So we we still have the the mischievous Loki that is fully capable mm-hmm. of escaping pretty much any situation. And we were just talking about that in the preview and how anytime he gets to somewhere that maybe he doesn't want to be, he adapts to it and slowly but surely is able to either take it over or befriend somebody who's higher up. And so initially he saw his opportunity, took it. And if magic did work and the stones were able to do something, he would have escaped. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't. And they were able to uh, kind of corner him back into the room that he had left and let's talk about that for a little bit because he saw the he was he's kind of enraged with what he was dealing with he didn't take him seriously he wanted to go home he just wanted to leave and so he threatened that kid with a fish thing got you like a fish. yeah he said what i'll get you a like fish? a fish he's like what is a fish <laughs> and later on he's like he's gonna turn me into a fish whatever he that was is. so lost <laughs> yeah um yeah. but this is where the attitude change happened yeah because he was ready to escape and then he he had that drawer opened by um the fish guy and he was like oh my god there's stones infinity stones like all over here and the guy said they use them as paperweights because they're so common and you could see he just closed the drawer like any other Loki at any time would have been like, oh, let me take all the stones, let me get out of here, and I'll literally rule everything. Yeah. But he he himself shut the drawer, walked up, uh, into the aisle, and looked up at the timeline on the screen and basically was saying, is this the most powerful place anywhere? Mm-hmm. And you could almost see... There was a lot of different emotions going through his mind. I'm guessing part of it was defeat. Yeah. Him yeah. saying, I can't escape this place on my best day. No. Like, they're so much more powerful than I, and these stones are worthless here. What am I to do? And then I think part of it was, oh, my God, everything I've ever known doesn't really matter because this place is so powerful that maybe my destiny is something completely uncontrolled by myself. Mm-hmm. And so all the things that were being said to him, it seemed like they finally sunk in. Mm -hmm. And instead of like trying to escape, his mind completely got lost in the TVA and what it represented and how powerful it was. And then it wasn't until they came back to kind of get him that he, his brain kind of switched back to, oh, I need to escape again. But he wasn't escaping. He was going back to the room because he wanted to see more about his future. Yeah. So that's what did it for him. He really went from like, oh, I'm trying to get away, I'm trying to get away, to just leave me alone, I'm trying to figure some things out right now. He no longer was interested in escaping. Yeah, and I think that's that's important because Mobius shows him Frigga dying, Yes. and he doesn't believe it. Then he escapes, all that stuff happens. I think he saw the Infinity Stones being treated as paperweights as like, those are the most powerful things (laughs) that I've ever known. And he's chased them. And he's been looking for them, right. For Thanos, but also for himself. And, like, they're nothing. The timeline is more powerful, and the timeline is more 
uh, is treated with higher regard. And so he's like, if, well, if that's the case, then Frigga, I, I really did cause Frigga's death in yep. the future. Well, what else have I done? Like, you know, what else will I do kind of thing? And so, man, that, that, that was the scene right yeah. there. I think it's the most crucial scene and the biggest scene in the entire show and maybe in the MCU because we just got off of a ride where the Infinity Stones were the most powerful yeah. things. And right. The chaos that they've created. And I think that that's beautiful. Because I said it early on, and I said it ever since Infinity War, the Infinity Stones and the Infinity Gauntlet are still not the most powerful things in the Marvel Universe. Like, there's a lot more stuff coming, even comic-related. Um, the, the, the Stones were never the most powerful things even used together. Like, there's other things and other actual, like, entities. Yeah or properties or whatever that exist within the Marvel universe that are way more powerful. And you can only change reality when reality exists. Exactly. So it's like yeah. Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. This is a huge, huge scene. Uh, and uh, I, I really felt like when he looks at the stones when it's told to him that they're used as paperweights he looks at the timeline like that was all of us really in that scene just like what <laughs> what is yeah. this this episode was a lesson yeah because like if you don't know comics really that well and you've really just only watched the MCU yeah dude the infinity stones are the the the, the be all end all thing like that's what wiped out half of the universe Definitely. Half of life in the universe. That's what would have probably wiped out all of life in the universe had Thanos won an endgame. And they're used as paperweights. It's what? always a significant <laughs> thing, too, because, like, Thor's hammer, when it's destroyed, we're like, oh, yeah. That's like the most powerful weapon we've ever seen in the MCU. And Hell is just like, Ding. nope. Right. And then we see, you know, Captain America's shield destroyed, and you're like, that's the toughest metal we know. Right. How could it be destroyed? Is there something stronger? It's like, it's almost like, uh, you're realizing everything you knew not that it's a lie but that there's so much more and you're you haven't even scratched the surface mm -hmm. that's crazy like that's if you're if you're a huge mcu fan then this show is telling you hey i know we've had some high stakes they're about to be lowered compared to what's coming yeah and if you're not an mcu fan or you're just tuning in here's a really important thing i think this and I've I've alluded to it multiple times already. This kind of operated like uh, NCIS or Criminal Minds or something like that because this really kind of represented like, and they obviously treated it as such a court case mm -hmm. in which he was booked. We got the jail scene. They took him in. He got his day in court. Um, and then he went back to, you know, talk and basically uh, really await his sense sentencing because even though they sentenced him at the time, Mobius said, no, I got this. So he still doesn't know what his future holds. And then as he's being presented the facts in the case, he's like, oh, my God, I'm I'm basically going to jail for life. Like, mm -hmm. I can't do anything. Yeah. There's no nothing I can do has any merit. And so a lot of times in real life, you see these prisoners um, or people that are sentenced to life, 
they the way they react was similar to how we saw Loki react as he was being shown his ultimate future. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really, really interesting uh, metaphor for what would really happen in, in a real court case and seeing Loki react in real time to all these things that he did not see coming as uh, a result of his actions. Yeah. So I was just, I thought that had a great balance of realism to it to go along with, yes, he's a God and these are timekeepers that are playing with reality. Like none of this makes sense to us in human world. Um, they're over in Looney land, but the, the ability to bring it down to something we can possibly relate to, you know, people are obsessed with watching like things on YouTube about crazy people getting sentenced and um, all kinds of stuff related to that. So seeing that this almost was like a crime drama in its first episode, I think will attract a lot of eyes and might hold them. Yeah, for sure. Because it's also treated in the sense that Mobius is the agent that's like, I can use you. He's the good cop. To benefit my case. Because I'm hunting Loki and I can use Loki against Loki. It's very similar to uh, what was the movie that we've watched recently, probably a couple months ago, about the uh, Black Panthers, uh, where oh, yeah, yeah, it's a similar that. situation. The agent takes in oh, uh, Black Messiah, the Black Judas and the Black Messiah, right? And it's it's a similar structure to that in which you have the agent that's like using Loki to further his own cause, and what best to destroy Loki something than from within, from within which within. is what right. we've always seen in MCU. Right. So I'm going to say, man, Mobius is probably, I, I think he's the most powerful. I think he holds the most power right now because <sighs> yeah. if he's willing to do that and he knows what's at stake, then he knows. I, I'm going to say this too, because of the way that Mobius enters the room and the way that he talks to Loki the way everything flows, the way everything goes, Mobius probably knew that that would happen. Well, that's my question is, do they just like, yeah, do they know everything? Yeah. <laughs> like, how much do uh, they know? I'm, I'm assuming that Mobius at least knew that all of that would happen. Is it possible Mobius is Loki, a timekeeper that goes into human form on special cases? Oh, man, that'd be insane. I don't know. He's really hard to read. He He kind of is. One of my bold predictions was that he's like, a much bigger character than we could ever even imagine. I think it is. And I think it is. Yeah. I can't tell. There's part of me that's like, oh, he's endearing and he kind of Loki cares about Loki. Mm-hmm. But there's part of me that's like, he's more manipulative than Loki. And I, I think, think he is. might be a bad guy. I think like that's trying to do something bad within the TVA and it's just waited for this <laughs> moment. It's my fist though. <laughs> that's another thing. So yeah. within one of the, the old time scenes uh, when they're back in, in Paris, I think it was, or France or some somewhere in France, uh, they're talking to a little kid. And this is the scene where Mobius basically goes up to this little girl and he draws a little person and lets her play with them on his phone, I guess, I whatever that mean, thing was. Yeah. And in the background is a, is a stained glass devil. Yeah. And they reference the devil. It's not like they just snuck it on screen and didn't say anything. But she, oh boy, what did she say? She said he was he, in control or he told them to do something or 
Yeah. Whatever it was, he was like very significant right yeah. there. He said that like he, he asked who did it and she pointed to the stained okay. glass window and it was the what you would appear what would appear to be like a, a Baphomet or the devil. There's some sort of devil like sort of creature and it, it I, was like the only one of him though because to be fair there was stained glass of all kinds of different things yeah. there was a woman there's like a dinner table there's all kinds of things going yeah. on there i i would assume that it's it's still loki because uh, yeah i i don't think i i think that the show is i think my prediction is is why why what we're about to see is going to be if that makes sense because it, it would make sense that Loki would be trying to find another Loki rather than Loki's trying to find Mephisto and appease to Mephisto and try to get Mephisto to stop trying to kill TVA agents. It would make m- way more sense because the show's not called Mephisto. The show is basically Are you Loki. sure? Yeah. I've seen some pictures sure. of... <laughs> 100% sure it's not Mephisto. No, I meant is the show not called Mephisto? Oh, sometimes it feels yeah. like it. Yeah, for real. It, it, it seems like every show that we're going to watch in the future is going to be Mephisto. How self-aware are they, though? Was this in there before all the Mephisto speculation, or did they throw this stained glass in the background just to make people go, it's Mephisto? Well, uh, there's two ways to look at it, because it is a devil, so people would assume Mephisto, but at the same time, Loki's like crown that he wore had it thorns has, that looked like yes. the devil so it has it had the front horns i yeah. believe I, I, we just watched it once so i'm still trying to remember some of it but so yeah i i think that I, there's no way that mephisto would so you be. think it was like a shapeshifter loki or something like that or uh, I, I just think it was loki and some artist's depiction of what loki represents oh, perhaps okay. because you have to think that if you look at like religious perspective it's existed way before 1538 or whatever time frame that was. So however they look at the devil with the thorns and the pitchforks and how it's depicted in art. Yeah. So if Loki just shows up and he's got a crown that has horns on it, they're like, oh, that's the devil. So they would hire some artist to make some stained glass thing and be like, oh, just draw, just put the devil on the stained glass. So they would just artist depiction. Yeah. creates a red devil. I feel like there's I mean there's got to be some kind of devilish underworld character on the way eventually here because oh, 100%. They're, they're really leaning into it with mm-hmm. WandaVision. They obviously referenced it a ton and then the, the one scene that they cut that they were unable to finish because of COVID was um, related to a devil, a demon, and then now they have one in the stained glass. So um, on the way in the future, I guess, is the best way to put it. What would you, with that being said... What would you think would be the best series to actually show Mephisto for the first time? I I still think it translates best to like a WandaVision, Doctor Strange world. Um, But I don't think Ghost Rider's far away. So I think think that would be where we'd probably go with it once we do see that character appear. And, you know, like you said in the past, it doesn't have to be a prevalent character. It just needs to be a suggested character because... You don't need to see them uh, ever, really. Um, they can be mentioned quite often and referred to, but uh, the devil, the demon, is always a character that we all know. And I know they're afraid to go too far into devil stuff because of China. Um, so yeah. it wouldn't shock me to just see it hinted at in certain series. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, 
if we do get a Ghost Rider series, I think that that's where the oh, it's coming. Yeah, the first time you would actually see it, like see Mephisto. Um, but I think he's also too important of a character just to like leave off the books, you know. So I think he has to pop up at some point. Yeah. Um, and man, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, that's gonna be. There's a lot of dark characters that can um, take flight. Once Mephisto's uh, referenced, mm-hmm. Ghost Rider 100%. probably being the the biggest, most relevant one right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. But there's there's people coming, and we've got Blade on the way too. So Blade, Blade's um, a big one. I think Elsa's also been kind of uh, thought of as a possibility within the Blade series too. So mm-hmm. you got Moon Knight yeah, on we'll the way as well. We'll see how well, that which goes. Be, so there, there's there's opportunities galore for sure for that to happen. I just think. As far as this series is concerned, for hundred percent, like no shot, Mephisto's in it. Yeah, I think it's just purely Loki. I'm cool with that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I do think it's coincidence that it does look like Mephisto. <laughs> like it does. I mean, look it's like obvious, right? Right. It's too on the nose. Yeah. So what was up with this gum? Um, I have no clue. Yeah, I don't know. But it seemed like the gum might have been from the future or something like that. Because I mean, no, well, it had to be because. There wasn't gum like that back in the 1500s. The thing that I thought was interesting is that they couldn't trace it. That's what I thought was the most interesting thing. Like, they, they couldn't figure out what part of a timeline that gum comes from. Because two things that I wanted to point out was uh, in the scenes where Mobius is, like, talking with Loki in his office room uh, or interrogation room, whatever you want to call it, uh, he's drinking a drink, right? I thought for the first few times that I saw it, it said Jocasta on the drink. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what kind of reference is that to Jocasta? A drink? But no, I forgot about the 90s drink, Josta or whatever it was called. Um, it was literally like the first energy drink ever made. And it's a real thing. And it only existed like for a short time in the 90s. Um, so the fact that they have like product placement in this series should tell me that like they know of like basically every product that's ever been made too and when it's made and what it's from. So like if they went back into the 1800s and they saw a box of actual branded Kleenex, you know, they'd be like, that doesn't belong here. Yeah. <laughs> But they can't identify the gum. They don't know where it's from. One thing that I also thought thought was really interesting is we had a Facebook comment about uh, Nightcrawler being present in the show in the, and in the, in the end credits. Uh, it's a it's a fine point to make because of the uh, reference to the devil and the gum being blue and stuff like that and them not knowing about it and who's the one brand of heroes that has not popped up yet or villains is the X-Men so if that was the case then they wouldn't know about it because it doesn't exist in their timeline but I would quickly dispel that because the multiverse doesn't exist that's yet. the thing so, man yeah I, I would say that um, I'm not sure about this whole thing I would say it's not Nightcrawler. It's just it's 
to me, it's the most interesting piece of the puzzle of episode one so far is the gum because there is no relevance to it being from any sort of time frame. They don't know where it's from or anything. And at the TVA, we already, we've been shown so much in episode one, how powerful the TVA is. If they can't track something it's not as small as bubble gum, then <laughs> that you've broken Something's the code on right or off. <laughs> so, uh, I, I would say that the gum is the most important piece of anything from episode one. Well, let's discuss that. If we will get, we'll get lost in this for three hours, but <laughs> like this, do you believe, here's my question. Do you believe the TVA's video explaining the timeline in the DMV section, you know, thing? Was that true or was that their propaganda for people? Because if you were to, that that's a wait, a line where you wait to be sentenced for your crimes against time, right? Mm. And the best thing to do is to scare that person into maybe accepting a plea or something. I don't know how their court system works, but... Uh, and I, and I'll come back around after I ask the question with my answer, because it just seems like it's too, too, un, it doesn't work yeah. <laughs> for, for the timeline to just be all the way through one piece. And then the X-Men coming in in the future. Yeah. That's weird. But to me, that's very dangerous to have the first episode explain something to a possibly brand new group of watchers and then that not be true. Yeah. So I'm struggling with both of those. uh, I'm glad you brought that up because all that does is further cement the confusion because what are we getting soon? We're getting the Eternals. The biggest question going into the Eternals is why the heck have they not been present during anything going on in the Infinity Saga? Right. Where were they at this entire time? Which... Obviously, will get explained through the course of the movie, but how do you even bring the X-Men in if there's no multiverse? Which is a fair point, but I would... Uh, It'd be really hard. I, I, would, I, would, I would kind of caveat that with the idea of the same thing with the Eternals. It's the same explanation. I think that the further this show goes on, the further we'll see that. I don't think that the TVA is like that villainous in nature to just throw something out there like that just for a scare tactic or anything. I think there's some legitimacy to it, but I think that something's going to happen along the course of the show that disrupts what the TVA is doing. And because of that, whether it's Kang the Conqueror or whether it's whoever else, you know, uh, Mephisto or Galactus whatever you want to say something will happen within this series that will disrupt what the TVA is doing and disrupt the timekeepers to boom Nexus level event and maybe it's not even that big but like maybe leads to some kind of Nexus level event of multiverse crossing over and stuff like that because you know, what we saw with Hickman's Avengers was basically a nexus event in which all of these universes were colliding and destroying each other, stuff like that. It gets really messy. And um, 
So I think that that's how it has to be explained is just through time watching the series, it'll be explained. It's not something you can do overnight. It's not something that the Marvel writers can just come out and right. say, hey, well, this is how the X-Men will be brought in because then you're just going to be like, well, <laughs> no point in watching Loki now. Yeah. You remember there's a time in everybody's life where they're approached by somebody to get involved in like a pyramid scheme. Oh, for sure. And one of those times was my freshman year of college where everybody on campus, not everybody, there's a few people on campus that were like peddling this drink uh, called Verve. And they're like, man, you, you buy the things um, and then you, you sell them and you get paid and, and eventually you're going to have a car. Like this is, this is your car, <laughs> right? Um, and the poster advertised just was the car. There was no, like there the wasn't Challenger. even that big of a thing. It was just <laughs> like, hey, I'll tell you how to get in. It was like backdoor dealings. Yeah. I wonder if the TVA is the pyramid scheme and Doctor Strange is the college kid. Do you think they use him as an outlet, as an agent to control time? Or do you think he is aware of the TVA but is not affiliated at all? Do you think he's never heard of it and they're so powerful that they don't even need to approach him? Like, the more I think about this TVA thing, the more I wonder if Doctor Strange is the most likely person to show up in this show. I, I don't know. I'm trying to kind of get my thoughts, you know, straight. Judged by what the Ancient One said, I would assume Doctor Strange knows the TVA, knows him really well, and enough to, like, uh, understand who they are. Because the Ancient One knew how the flow of time worked a little too well for somebody who had no connection that we've seen right. on screen with the TVA or the timekeepers themselves. And a good thing to think about is if they are the timekeepers, what are what is the duty of the Ancient One? What is the duty of the Sorcerer Supreme or That's Sorcerer Supreme? That's what I'm wondering. Is because they are set in place probably by the timekeepers themselves. So there has to be an understanding if you are a Sorcerer Supreme or Sorceress Supreme. There has to be an understanding of who the timekeepers are. and Who's your boss? Yeah, who, not, not even really that because you're never going to see them probably. But you have to have an understanding of them to understand why what you're doing is that important. Right. And why it's important to not abuse your power. Because you have an immense power if you have control of time. Who but did, you yeah, can't abuse that. Who did Doctor Strange swear an oath to to protect the Time Stone? Who do you think ultimately he was swearing on? I would assume it's probably the Timekeepers. Gotta be. That's what I wonder. Yeah. If maybe that was who he swore his oath to. You're swearing because an oath to if them. you swear an oath or you promise something, it has to be to somebody. And it has I don't to think it would be to the Ancient One. No, it has to be to an entity, really. Probably. Because if you're, if you're like, if it's you're like swearing on a Bible or right. swearing on a Quran, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, like if if I took an oath and put it on you, like what relevance yeah. is that to on this else? desk? Yeah, by my authority in this headphone, you know, it doesn't. <laughs> right? It has no yeah. relevance. It has to be to an entity, and um, so I, I would assume it's probably the timekeepers that they would take an oath with. So, when we talk about the power of these timekeepers. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, does their power extend to... Here's how I see it. Personally, I believe, and this could be completely incorrect and been proven wrong, but it seems like it would make the most sense for the timekeepers to have full 
authority on keeping time and reality operating in this this rectangle just like imagine a rectangle and as long as it fits within that rectangle there that's acceptable um, and the actual timeline is a much smaller rectangle that has to bounce around within the larger rectangle of acceptance and they're okay with certain things going awry as long as it stays within that big rectangle mm-hmm. but when somebody exits the rectangle that's when they have to bring them back in into the larger rectangle or even into the central you know point of the rectangle to make sure that they don't go too far away because it seems odd to approach the idea that there is no such thing as choice there's no such thing as freedom there's no such thing as uh changing your own future because somebody's already written it for you if that makes sense yeah so that's the way i think of it is that kind of the same ballpark as you yeah uh yes and no because if to me if you are a timekeeper you are not a you're basically like god and like however your view of god is like one thing is for sure that like all things happen because god like there's really not too too much more of an explanation than that right so my my understanding of it would be that they know your future before you do maybe it's not planned out because to you you don't know like if if we leave this place and we go and do something spontaneous right we wouldn't know that they would but because what they if would they don't seen your, they would already see your path played out because if you're a timekeeper you have to know where things are and where people are or what their timeline or what their actual purpose is and if something goes wrong and screws that up, it's your job to fix that. Here would be, here'd be a quick rebuttal. If I was going to uh, a basketball game, which is 12-minute uh, quarters, there's four quarters. Mm-hmm. The timekeeper is the person that's controlling the clock, right? That That's what the timekeeper is. Well, yeah. That's the person that would make sure you play your 12 minutes, your 12 minutes, your 12 minutes, and your 12 minutes. They don't actually control what happens on the court, but they do know that the ball has to stay on the court. Yeah, yeah. And they know when it's going to end and when it begins. So, in essence, the timekeeper of the basketball game controls the most important thing, really, how much time is left and when it ends and when everybody goes home to their kids and whatever. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't actually control the final score. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to place that definition of timekeeper onto these timekeepers? No. Okay. I don't think so. It's a good way to kind of look at it for sure. But you're saying they're also the referees. At the end of the day, I think that there's because humanity and basketball are there very differently because there's no like like free will in a basketball game is completely different than free will of life. Free will in a basketball game determines whether or not you take the final shot or you pass it off to somebody else to take the final shot because they're a better three-point shooter than you are. The the thing with the free will aspect of it is if you have a character like Loki who is willing to screw up the entire timeline to better himself, you have to put that in check. And if he's a god 
in the eyes of humans, in the eyes of man, in the eyes of everything that lives in the universe, then no one's really going to be there to stop him. Unless, you know, you have an Avengers or something like that. So there has to be an understanding of, okay, 1940 something. That's when Captain America is created. That's perfect. That's fine. Uh, because that completely flows with the right thing of time. Because let's look at it this way. Because we're not looking at our own history. We're just looking at Marvel, Marvel Universe history. In Marvel Universe history, if Captain America isn't created, does Hitler win? Does the German reign, you know, find its, you know, uh, a new foothold in history in that universe? Do they win the war? Uh, I think you know, I'm that's, there. It's, it's crazy. It, I, it's, it's crazy. See, my, my Marvel brain sometimes takes a little bit longer than yours <laughs> because I have less of a, a wealth of knowledge to pull from from the comics. So what it is, they're not necessarily the referee, the timekeeper, and the players playing the game. Mm. What they are is somebody who's already watched the game. Yeah. And they know what's going to happen within the game but they don't necessarily control what's happening in the game. They just make sure it doesn't go too off kilter. If somebody replayed the game with the same people, they don't want it to completely alter <laughs> to the point where they've changed the ultimate event. Here, here's a good one for you to, to, to look at this this way. Uh, the, the watcher would be what you just described, I think. They would have been the ones that they're watching the game and they just see it happen, right? I think the timekeepers in this relevance in this universe yeah. would be if someone spliced the video of that famous like Michael Jordan shot, you know, the one where he's like falling away at the three point mm -hmm. line, like falling to his left. I think it's the flu game, is it not? Where he's like falling to his left There's and a just lot of swishes. If someone spliced that tape with him missing the shot, and that's all people knew was that he missed the shot and not made the shot because of this person going back and editing that footage, it that would be kind of where the timekeeper would step in and say, ah, that's not right. He made the shot. That's it. So they go back in time, reset, because <laughs> we know that that's a thing now. Okay. The reset. And so that now people know that he made the shot and won the game. Okay. So that would be I, I'm there. where it is. Yeah. I got you. They, they have a... a, a they have a duty to uphold. Mm -hmm. They allow free will, but they also are there to correct uh, egregious mistakes mm -hmm. and make sure that you haven't actually altered the significance of what's happening uh, that they have previously seen to happen. Yeah. Okay. Because I once, once again, you kind of... <sighs> the Watchers are so interesting because they're almost like the exact same because they only step in when crazy things happen. Like we yeah. know that the Watcher steps in and talks to Reed Richards before Galactus appears to Earth. Like he's basically one of the timekeepers, if that's the case, because he knows that Galactus is coming. He warns Reed Richards in advance. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's, you're, they're kind of blurring lines within the Marvel Universe right now because right. they're the both... Right, the MCU may be different than the comics, of And course. the MCU might be different, yeah, for sure. But, you know, from what we know, comic history of the Watchers versus yeah. what we know, MCU version of the 
timekeepers. It's kind of one and the same in a way. Gotcha. Yeah. And I hope people can appreciate that conversation because I th- think a lot I of really people today are like, so what's really going on? You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's difficult because there's there's the comics, there's the MCU, mm-hmm. and then there's the combination of the two with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So being that I'm trying to make sure I'm, you know, if you're not sure about what's going on in episode one in this series, I feel like you're going to be lost. Yeah. So you have to really catch up yourself to make sure you're kind of in the know. Mm-hmm. And that's what's playing out in real time on this podcast. So uh, I, I always defer when it comes to specific questions related to the MCU uh, or really Marvel, except uh, in specifically Marvel uh, yeah. as far as the, the, the comics and yeah. where things have come from. So it always helps my mindset. And then I can uh, really have a better understanding. And from there, as long as you have a, a base knowledge of something, you get to choose your own you know, speculation and have fun with it and learn as you go. For sure. And I think it gives you like a broader appreciation too. Oh, no doubt. For sure. Absolutely. Like you can watch. I, I think I, I totally think that people can watch the entire Infinity Saga without ever having any like, you know, knowledge of Marvel Comics or anything. Yeah, you still feel it. something. You don't need it. But yeah. When you do, then you have like a deeper, fonder. Yeah, you fill in the blanks, and like right. if you hadn't watched the Infinity Saga and then you watched Loki, it would still be a great drama. You would, oh, yeah. um, you would too. understand kind of what's going on. But if you watch the Infinity Saga, you would go, "Oh my gosh, that's cool! I get to find that out that I've been wondering all mm. this time, or maybe I haven't been wondering, and I just you know, didn't expect to learn that today, and that's exciting." So yeah, um, it, it's really a great place to to jump from here with Loki's first episode. And uh, yeah, let, let's talk about the the final scene where the time time agents, whatever they're called, we'll, we'll figure that one out for the next episode. <laughs> um, they are investigating something. Was this the... 1858. Okay. Oklahoma. How did you remember 1858? Jeez. Uh, it was know. like Selena, Oklahoma. That's what yeah, it was. Selena, Oklahoma. Man, I'm there now. 1858. Uh, and they show up and they're, this was the scene where there was some oil that was like on the ground and they felt like somebody from the third millennial millennia, sorry, had come back in time to uh, steal the oil or make money off it, whatever it is. And this is where they're approached kind of in the distance. It's like a, um, a marsh is probably the best way I can describe the land. And uh, it's swampy. And in the distance, there's this figure, a hooded figure, and they set fire to this, I guess maybe it wasn't truly a marsh. It was just oil on the ground. ground. Um, And they set fire to the oil. And these timekeeping agents all go flame up. And we see as they're trying to reset the grounds, uh, he's unable to reach it. And that's where we're left off of, uh, or where we left off of. So um, besides like female Loki that I mentioned before, uh, what's, what mostly spoke to you about this villain that we're going to uh, be dealing with for at least the foreseeable future in this series based on this scene? Hmm. I'm not really sure, man. I, there's a lot of things that are so different when we talk about Endgame. You talk about Loki and how that altered you know, history, and we're, we're experiencing that now. Talk about Gamora, how that changes everything going forward because of what happened in Endgame. 
and Captain America and how that changes. When I saw the, the, like the sword in the ground and like it had some kind of like foreign or alien language on it, I was like, whoa, that's interesting Mm -hmm. because if I'm not mistaken, there actually is a sword that Gamora uses that kind of looks similar. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. That would be interesting. Yeah. But once again, I'm going to not do that because the show is called Loki. Every show has had this. Reel it back in. Yeah. Reel it back in. <laughs> Every show has done this. Every show has absolutely done this. The, the first episodes are literally there just to say, oh, speculate. <laughs> like, speculate away. There you go. And up, it's up until episode four or five, generally, in a six-episode series that you really, truly, it seems like, understand exactly where they're going. I think that this is really truly the sixth where episode. It is. We figure out where they're going. No, the fifth of the sixth. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Like the fourth or fifth episode of the sixth <laughs> episode series yeah. is kind of where you're like, no, I, oh, I totally agree okay. with that. Because episode two could completely just follow this other Loki. Yeah. You know let's talk I mean? about that. What, what's happening in episode two? Uh, hmm. Man, where do they pick up from? Yeah, there's because a lot. It seems like everything that they wanted to cover in episode one came to an end. Yeah. Except for the other Loki. Right, right, right. So I would assume that it picks up with the other Loki. Like, that's where we start. Is probably some other place, some other time. Boom, something else happens. Yeah. Maybe we get a face reveal in the end of who the other Loki is. And I think that the main Loki that we're following will be more understanding of what his role will be going forward with the TVA because I think he's definitely now working with the TVA. Right. So I think he's going to be like him and Mobius are going to have some talks about like what his, what he's supposed to be doing and all this other stuff. And yeah, uh, I, I just think that that's where it's going. I think going off the trailers and also the credits where we saw the 13 major historical events, uh, I believe a lot or some of them are going to be where this variant Loki, the one that's causing you know problems, is going to be showing up and he'll be forever chasing. They'll always be trying to chase this Loki down. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to catch up to them later in the series, maybe four or five um, as yeah. far as episodes go. And uh, so I think episode two, we're going to get started with that. I think we'll see, you know, we saw Pompeii in the trailers. We already saw the D.B. Cooper thing, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really cool way of anytime you can put real stuff, especially real mysteries. Events. Yeah. Like nobody knows who D.B. Cooper is. Right. And uh, it's just such a fascinating thing. There may be like an Amelia Earhart situation. Like we don't mm-hmm. know what's coming bring up. Bring a triangle. That would be nice. Yeah. Um so I, I think we'll get in episode two. I think episode two is going to be like our uh, icy hot to episode one. Like it's going to relax us. Uh, it's going <sighs> to lull us to sleep, I think, because maybe there is so much going on in the first episode that it's really since there's only six, it's not necessary. But I think it's nice to draw it back a little bit and go, hey, 
this is still an adventure show um we're gonna be going to, from place to place and maybe the first episode they're just like in two places and they'd spend a lot of time there and it's a lot of character development i think we're gonna learn a lot about mobius in episode two he's going to try to get loki to trust him yeah and i guess i'm i'm kind of want to see the dynamic between those two get stronger and stronger almost kind of like zemo and Mm. um falcon and and winter soldier did throughout the series where at first you're like how are these two going to get along for you know three four five episodes and and you go oh okay because there is two totally different types of comedy styles going on with Falcon and the Winter Soldier versus this one. Owen Wilson's playing a very, very dry, sarcastic. Yeah. Um, he's almost mirroring the narcissism that he gets from Loki. Yeah, exactly. And he's playing the nice cop, but he's also like keeping his ego in check as well. Mm-hmm. So he's really interesting and combative in that way. So I, th- I think episode two is going to follow their uh, their first couple adventures and i think we'll see loki start to as you said get more into his role with the tva and i'm also wondering i don't really have a prediction either way right now if maybe mobius is going to promise loki a release as in i'll get you back to your timeline alive moving forward i wonder if that's in the cards for him in the future i i I don't know and i'm I'm really not sure yet, but I think that's at least something to start thinking about because it seems like Loki would probably do anything to get back his real life. The thing, though, with it <clears throat> is I think the resets, the reason that they don't, we don't see them is because we're not supposed to. We're following Loki. If Loki sees the reset happen, then he resets as well, which means that he would go back to where he was in his original timeline. Right, and I'm saying I think maybe Mobius would not reset him, just send him back to the present time. I don't know if he has that power, but I'm just I'm wondering if that's hmm. what he's going to hold over Loki's head. Because what does Loki really have incentivizing him to help them? Yeah. Nothing. No. So unless he's got some personal thing he wants to do. But there's got to be a motivation for Loki. I I don't... Man, I really don't know. I I don't know what the motivation for Loki would be because there's nothing that they offer really that would grant him anything. Because they can't say, we'll just send you back to your main timeline because all that means is that it's going to play out the exact way, same way that he just saw it. And he's not going to have any control of it because if, I'm, I'm assuming if you get reset from the TVA, you don't even know that you were ever there. So you don't know anything. You're just playing it out exactly how you would. So there's really nothing. There's nothing that they have really that he would want. So there's really no need for him. There's nothing that they could give him. Right. Um, hmm. But he has everything that they need. Because if they're trying, and once again, I mean, if they're really trying to stop another Loki, what's what better tool to have than another Loki? So the only problem, like you said, is how do you incentivize this Loki to, you know, do 
do what they need him to do. Uh, I really don't have an answer for that because there's really nothing they can do. He knows what his story is. He's not going to know it if he gets reset and sent back to that timeline. He's not going to know it. But he knows what his story is. So, hmm. Well, I wonder if if Mobius is going to linger something over his head that maybe he can't do. I mean, I I don't know the extent of his powers. Yeah. So if he's able to get him back to his main timeline in 2023 or 2024, whatever it is, and, you know, give him another lease on life where he doesn't die, then that would be obviously the one thing Loki would take. Um, But if he's unable to do that, then maybe he'll say he can and lie to him to get him, you know, they – it seems like they're desperate at this point if they're going to uh, Loki. And yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see but I how think that plays out. That kind of destroys the entire premise of the TVA, though. Because if they tell Loki that, oh, we'll send you back to 2023 or 2024 or whenever it is, and you don't die, then that completely splinters off a new timeline where Loki didn't die. Which I don't trust him, Mobius to yeah. be completely allegiant to the TVA at this point. I don't know. It's it's interesting. We'll see. Uh, I, I, I would agree to you, with you that it might be a little slower paced, episode two. Um, but I don't think it'll be, like, dredgingly slow. Because I think that Falcon and the Winter Soldier, when you look at the pacing of that show, is, like, high octane. Every episode was something new. Every, every episode was something different. I think they kind of go along the same lines with that. So... I think they'll continue on a even pace for episode two, but I'm very looking forward to it, very much so. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I can't wait to get into that one. Um, and we would love to hear everybody's thoughts on the episode and let us know where you're at with this thing. It was kind of a roller coaster of uh, a little bit of emotion there, but also just experiential learning all at the same time because this is something. Like nobody can say, oh, I knew that because we're we're learning all together at the same time what the MCU uh, timeline is currently like. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be exciting to see in five more episodes. How does this thing really work? And uh, I just I can't wait to, to see it. So um, please do uh, join us for the next one. We will be releasing our next episode on Loki next Wednesday. So we'll, we'll, every single Wednesday we'll be releasing something and uh, all the way up until the finale where we'll do um, a very early <laughs> broadcast. Uh, <laughs> we'll have some fun with it. But yeah. uh, thank you for joining us. It was a blast. Uh, we will be coming back to you very soon. And we'll have some Facebook movie nights coming up. As I mentioned before, please do give us a like on Facebook at the Marvel Guys Podcast. Instagram, the Marvel Guys Podcast, and Twitter as well. And Apple Podcasts, if you could leave a review and be a subscriber to us, that would mean the world. Um, thank you for joining us. Spencer, any last thoughts here? Oh, man. Um, just be safe and enjoy the first episode. And, uh, man, I hope, I hope everybody is uh, in, as enthused about this as we are. <laughs> Absolutely. We appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Peace.